0: Three four seven six thirty three ninety three sixty five is the number to call. So don't sit around; no time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall, and now we give you our two hosts, Amel and Chad, with your breakfast toast. We got your breakfast toast. It's Monday morning. It's Chad Wilson. It's Emil Calamino, and it's also football season here.
1: Football season is here, Emil, at least it was. Uh, from the high school end of it, as I told you, signing off on Friday, had a big game uh, against Booker T. Didn't go the way we wanted, Emil. Took an L in that contest.
2: No shame in that, right? Bucks. Two really, really good teams. Probably both of you will have a big year, and uh, you know somebody's got to lose when you play. So that's just you know, True. nothing profound I, I do came like up kick-off with there, right?
1: Classic. Yeah, I do like kickoff classics against real opponents, uh, gets you to find out right now what's what and make the necessary changes as you go through the season. We had a big kickoff classic game last year against IMG, which is like uh, how can I even describe IMG? It's a college program that high school kids play in. Basically, they have all of the facilities. Yes. They grab kids from all around the country. Uh, we went out, we won that game. We won our opener last year, but then we lost our last game in the playoffs. So if the trade-off is losing the kickoff classic. But winning our last game of the year, which undoubtedly will be, you know, in the playoffs, and if you win your last game in the playoffs, that means you won the state championship, I'll gladly take it. So um, that's, that's that. High school football is kicked off college football right around the corner, and that is the order of the day today. It's what you've all been waiting for, especially
0: if you're down here in the uh, south
1: where a majority of our listeners are. It's SEC preview time, prediction time from Amel and I as we will go through the east and the west and then after doing that we will lay out uh the playoff scenarios for us. My four, his four, uh I guess somewhere in there since they are free agents and have been throughout time, we do need to talk about what we think Notre Dame's gonna do this season cause, uh they are they're in the mix. You gotta you can't leave out Rudy's team, right?
2: Well, you know, I'm always happy because the year starts you know the Salute to Troy event was this week, and our coach didn't get drunk. So that was a good start for my team. And then Notre Dame had there you go. six kids that decided to go out for a joyride with some marijuana and a few guns.
0: So that's what lets me know. At least I had a good that, week
2: so that, far.
1: That's what lets me know Notre Dame is back. Um, they, they're back. They've got guys going to jail um, so look out for Notre Dame this year, because they just fall in line with the rest of the uh, teams that no have No kidding, that's what I always say, football. you know, you, when they had all the
2: choir boys for 15 years, they couldn't get out of their own way.
1: Yeah, they were out there getting their wig split every Saturday, because uh, no one knew how to go to the clink, so you got a couple guys, go to jail this weekend, that slides, I mean, look, they just released the polls, Emil, and I don't know if you have that there in front of you, but if you do, I'd appreciate it if you ran through it, but um, wherever Notre Dame's in the polls off of the – on the heels of what do you want to go through the AP weekend.
2: poll? Let's go through the AP. You can, but before you do,
1: Emil, before you do, off of those arrests, slide Notre Dame up three three spots in, in that Yeah, place. I was going to move them up. Um, I was
2: going to move them up to number uh, – put them in the top five for the arrest, but hey, you yeah
1: and I are thinking Well, you like, know what, run, run through that, and I'll, I'll listen to your commentary. I'm going to kind of let you take this thing over here, but – uh, run through that, and I, I may interject here or there with some. Well, here's,
2: like here's a, what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my little comment on each one, just because I find all polls this time of year a little humorous, but they have them. They give us something to talk about. So we'll go through. We'll each have our comments. Number one, of course, you wouldn't expect anything else. With 33 first-place votes, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the defending national champs, I'm fine with that. They won last year. They've been good for seven, eight years now, consistently under Saban. Uh, why not put them at number
1: one? Heck, why number not? two. It
2: never go wrong with old Bammy at the top. No, yeah. You know, you well, you're not going to kill them. You can't kill them for putting the defending national champ number one. Number two, they have their quarterback back, one of the most dynamic players in the country, uh, in Deshaun Watson. You got Clemson with 16 first place votes. Uh, lost a close national championship game last year to Alabama. We'll put them at number two. You okay there? I'm uh, um, I'm good. Okay. Number three, and this one for me, again, does it matter? No, because they're all going to play in a week, and who cares. But they're a little high as far as I'm concerned here. Uh, they have Oklahoma at number three. I don't
1: know. It's just – Well, they were right in this be. playoff thing last year, right? They're returning their quarterback, who will be mentioned in the same sentence as the Heisman Trophy this year. Uh, I don't think they lost a ton on
0: defense. I think they are where they belong.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. My opinion. Well, I'm not, I,
2: again, I'm not. I'm not going to. You're not going to get me into a protracted debate on any preseason poll. I, just for me, my gut is it's a little high. But I, you know, again, I could be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. When you have three of last year's Final Four, basically, you're telling me you expect a repeat almost, and that rarely happens in sports. Uh, number four, uh, your your guys from down that way or a team down that way is the Florida State Seminoles with five first place votes. What say yes, you about that? Yes, they've been the
1: darlings. They've been the darlings of uh, the media and polls over the last few years. They recruit well. They've been up there. There's nothing anyone can really say about that. Whether you like them or love them, they have been uh, in the mix in the last few years. And until they show you otherwise, you got to have Florida State up there. They are. Okay. They're ahead of Clemson. You're telling me?
2: Uh, no, they're number four behind Clemson.
1: Okay. Clemson's right. two. See, yeah, a, you're okay. I'm a little, am a little dense at the moment. Here's another one that
2: just feels a little high to me. Not, because not I don't think they'll be good, but just based on last year, I think they I think this is based on one player, uh, and that's LSU, number five, with one first place vote.
1: We'll talk about LSU as we go through the SEC today, so I'm not gonna, yeah. know, go too far uh, along. And into then that, let me,
2: but... let me just speed up a little bit here. We'll be here forever. Number six is Ohio State with a first place vote. Number seven is Michigan. Uh, Number eight, Stanford. Number nine, a little curious to me, is Tennessee. I mean, I know what they did last year. I know what they got coming back, but mm, it's a big jump. Number 10 is Notre Dame. Number 11, Ole Miss. Number 12, Michigan State. Number 13, TCU. Number 14, Washington. Again, I'm high on Washington, but that feels high to me to start. Number 15, Houston. Number 16, my brethren from across the street, UCLA. Number 17, Iowa. Number 18, Georgia. Number 19, LSU, LSU, Louisville. Number 20, my team, the USC Trojans. Number 21, Oklahoma State. 22, North Carolina. 23, Baylor. 24, Oregon. And 25, my second team and one of your, your, your big teams here, Florida.
1: Yep, that is your – what's that? Was that the coaches or the AP? That's the AP. That's the AP poll. Okay, Emil, your top three teams that are ranked too high right now. From the jump –
2: okay, here's what I'm going with. Number one is Stanford. I think they have a good club, but replacing three of your five linemen and your quarterback, uh, that's purely a vote based on what they've done lately. And that's fine. I mean, I understand that's how preseason polls work, but I think that's a little bit too high. Uh, and I'll, I'm also with the team right behind them, Tennessee, I think. Uh, that, you know, they haven't had the history in the last ten years to warrant a top ten uh, ranking, and you know they were still a four-loss team last year, albeit some tough losses, but they lost, so uh, a little high for me. And then I think Washington. I, I'm high on Washington. You heard where I picked in the Friday show, but just to start them in the top 15 when they were a six-loss team last year, I don't know. That seems a little high to me.
1: Top three teams ranked too low.
2: Too low. Uh, I think Florida is being disrespected uh, down there at 25 just because of that blowout loss in their bowl game. And I don't put. I, you know, I, I think Florida, and we'll talk about them when we get to the, the SEC. Um, I won't go too much into that, but they're they're too low. Uh, I think Oregon's a little bit too low. I mean, yes, I'm not high on them. I know you're really not high on them, but we're talking preseason poll, and if we're going to get bonus points for what we did before, which is really what this is all about, uh, to me it's a little bit disrespectful based on their history because that's what these are. And uh, another one that I am going to say is a little bit too low is Michigan State. I mean, for me, there's a program – perennial top 10 team the last five or six years it's not egregious but you got them outside the top 10 and you're going to slide a team like tennessee in there who's done nothing Uh, too low for me
1: yeah um i don't know how much i disagree i'll talk about the top three teams i think maybe ranked a little bit too high here going into the season um for all that i said about florida state i don't know if they should be in that top four you're breaking in a brand new quarterback um you know you've got some competition now bubbling up in the acc a little bit the acc has become a better conference uh maybe they shouldn't be that high uh perhaps six or somewhere or seven something like that um uh, you know lsu uh, like i said we'll get into that they're about they're you know what five minutes away from firing their coach last year Um, suddenly they are uh, the number six team in the country to start things out. That's a, that's a bit of a five actually. Well, yeah, I'm looking over at the coaches poll. Yeah. Number, number five. Um, You know, so, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's exactly where, you know, that team belongs. And then uh, I'm kind of with you on Stanford, but I think that's been uh that's, I think that's a, they've been, they've been good for a little while here. So, you know, like I was saying about Florida State when you first went through the poll, I think you need to wait until they're no longer that anymore before you start giving them that kind of respect. I think that's a, over the last few years type of respect that right. uh, Stanford is getting in the polls Then, And so far as who's, uh, you know, who's too low in this poll? Michigan State, definitely. That is a – I mean, Michigan State is just doing what they've always done, just go about their business. And if you're going to have Stanford up there because of what they've done over the last few years, then you can't have Michigan State at number 12 because they've got something. I say something, though, with, with that said,
2: of- I think Michigan State likes it. You know, Here's my thing. It doesn't really oh, matter definitely. as long as you're it. Yeah, I'd rather start in this poll way too low than too high because too high puts expectations on a team that sometimes aren't warranted. I'd rather be low and just fly under the radar.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I think that's how it's been for Michigan State for the entirety of the time that they have been a pretty solid football team. So, like, don't start giving us a bunch of credit to start off the year now. I think that's how the staff wants it. I think the fans like it. I think the players feed off of it. But it is what it is. I think they're too low. Um, North Carolina, I think you and I spoke highly of them, me a little bit more than you. Uh, Having them at number 22, probably a little bit. Too low, in uh, in my opinion, and then of course Florida. Yes, uh, they limped to the finish last year, and they were beaten up pretty good in those last three games. So, uh, in a kind of a way, I could understand them being that low. But I don't know if anyone really looked into the factors that led to them um, collapsing towards the end of the year, and then what you know how things will be different this year. But um, we'll just see. I mean, some folks think USC will win the uh, southern part of the Pac-12 so having them at 20 says I I'm, I'm
2: perfectly fine with that as well because you know again they disappointed last year I mean they went 8 and 6 they lost that bowl game they lost the three of the last four they were having a pretty good run there they lost three of four kind of like Florida down the stretch and uh, frankly in recent history after Pete Carroll I'd rather them come in with with you know, marginal expectations. I know there's always going to be expectations because the name USC is there, but I think you start putting them in the top ten, I don't like that. I'd rather, as a fan, I'd rather leave them right there. I'm fine with that.
1: True, true. Um, And we don't do this much on this show. We don't go much for the individual um, awards type thing. But if I said to you, Emil, Leonard Fournette, Deshaun Watson, uh, Dalvin Cook, or uh, who else could I throw in here? Let's let's say McCaffrey, looking at – You can't at, leave
2: McCaffrey out.
1: McC, McCaffrey. I want to throw Mayfield in there, but I, I won't. If I told you those four guys or the field, meaning anyone else in college football, uh, what would you be picking? Would those you say four guys. one of those four guys are going to win it or the field?
2: Oh, yeah. one. I think one of those four guys will win it. And uh, for me, the early favorite has to be the quarterback uh, from Clemson. He's touching the ball every play. He runs, he throws, he has a chance to affect the game. In recent history, the last 20 years, it seems that the award has shifted more and more toward quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I think he's got to be your favorite at this point going into the season.
0: Yeah, a part of me wants to lean to McCaffrey. I just don't
1: think Stanford will have the kind of year that will allow that. Uh, my respect for, for McCaffrey has grown since the Heisman was given away last year. There was so much noise made about the kid, I decided, let me take a really good look at him. And the kid's a really outstanding player and does a lot of things for his team. If you're saying the most valuable player to it, team uh that runs pretty close for him because i don't know last year what they would be without this kid he did so many things but i'm with you um sean watson i think clemson's going to have a great year uh this would and then you know this thing tends to be a little bit of a lifetime achievement thing so clemson got to the championship game last year uh, had a chance to win if they're back in this playoff again then you really got to take a good, hard look at Watson. I don't know what's going to happen with Fournette. I've already heard the buzz in the news and the little BS that's come out around about, oh, should he even play? You know, the same thing they had going on with Clowney. I think that's the most ridiculous and stupid thing. As a matter of fact, they had a local radio personality here that came on one day, and this was really, it made no sense to me. Um he came my, thing out with McCaffrey,
2: said, my thing with McCaffrey is this: I think he surprised people last year, and I think that you're going to see a lot of people this year uh, game plan for him. I'm not saying you'll shut him down, but I think they'll game plan for him.
1: Yeah, and that'll probably be some of the reason why they don't do as well. But you know, saying saying that this, you know, the the local radio host down here came out and said he can't wait for the college football season, the matchups that are going to be out, and all this good stuff, and uh, can't wait for that first week and started talking about matchups that were going to come up, you know, down down the road in college football and really all lathered up. And then, you know, he went from that to um, why is someone like Leonard Fournette even playing football this year? He should sit the whole thing out and he should, uh, you know, get himself ready for the NFL and he shouldn't take one carry for LSU and in my mind, I was like, how do you go from you're excited about the matchups coming up in college football and slide right over into that? Don't you understand? Oh, man, I, like I that, profoundly with
2: disagree with that whole theory that people have. It's, I've heard that now the last stupid. couple of years. It's the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard because, first of all, you're you're dominating at the college level. There's no guarantee that's going to transfer the pros. I mean, when when Clowney made that tackle in that bowl game, everybody elevated him to the greatest defensive lineman the world had ever seen. I mean, there would never be another defense. I mean, the hell with Randy White. Yeah, and he's currently MIA in the NFL, too. Exactly. The The hell with Randy White, the hell with Mean Joe Green, and Bob Lilly. We got clowny (laughs) now.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing. So, And then,
1: look, if, if the first guy that does that, let's say Fournette becomes the first guy to just pull that number on his football team. Do you not understand the 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 precedent that would be set there, and you're gonna have you're gonna have other guys you're gonna have other greats that are gonna do it. But worse than that, you're gonna have a bunch of guys that think they're a Leonard Fournette that they're that are not that won't play. And this will quickly turn into college basketball, which is a disaster right now with this one and done thing.
0: I mean, I don't, well, either, I I've, I can't watch. Let me college flip basketball. that for you,
2: Chad. It's already happened, okay? Because years ago, you know, let let's say. years ago if a guy left college early it was a story I mean there were some of them all the time but it was a story and they were special they were Bo Jackson, they were Herschel Walker go look at a graph of the number of kids that leave college as soon as they can to go to the NFL Okay, look at the escalation in those numbers and you hit the nail on the head they think they're better than they are well there's a classic example of a kid kids always think they're better than they are And what happens to most of these guys they're not in the league anymore they don't even make
0: it.
1: Yeah. You know, I do make that special case, Emil, for for the running backs because it's the most yeah. brutal position in the game. But I don't want to see anyone pulling that because it's just I already know it's going to get out of hand. And, yeah, you got guys that can leave as juniors. Let's just leave it at that and relax. We can't get anyone to a senior year anymore. But, we can't before even we go to something. break,
2: I want to lay a number on you, Chad. Now listen to this. I want you to process this. Every year. About sixty-six thousand kids play college football across the United States. That's at every level, okay—one, two, and three. What's 66, that number? Sixty-six thousand.
1: You with me? Bit. Would have never guessed that, but
2: yes. Yeah. Well, think of it. There's 126 Division One teams alone, and so that's that's twelve thousand kids right there, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got sixty-six thousand. Three hundred of those. 66000 will eventually make it onto an NFL roster. Now, for those of you who aren't good at math, I did it for you. That's what I'm here for. It's the only reason Chad has me here. That is 0.4%. Did you hear what I just said? 0.4% will Mm. make an NFL roster. Okay? And in three years of those 300, about 190 to 200 will still be in the league.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, uh sobering, isn't none it? None of those guys, you present those numbers to a college football player, they just don't think that's going to be them.
2: I understand just what don't. they think. It's the same way when you tell a kid don't drink and drive, that's, you know, hitting something isn't for them. I get it, but I'm just telling you that's a very that's very sobering for anybody willing to just sit back, parents, people who, you know, plan their whole future around their kid being a professional football player or any professional sport. We can do that with all of them, but I just happen to do football. That's very sobering.
1: If you, if yeah, you, back uh, I, you know, I think there's no way around hearing this silly argument, but uh, I believe we are going to hear it again. The whole uh, Leonard Fournette should not take a carry. Uh,
0: he'll be right there at Lambeau Field, folks, running the rock, so don't you worry about it. We're going to take a break. When we get back, it's SEC predictions time, SEC West,
1: SEC East, who's going to be the champ, and then we'll talk about Who we think are going to be the four teams in the college football playoffs this year. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back right after this.
0: Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payout. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25, and get this cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Talking about polls, Amal, how how
1: about this one? Uh, This little interesting fact uh, I found while uh, bouncing around Twitter. Alabama's Nick Saban took over in 2007. In 2008, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16, the Alabama Crimson Tide have been AP number one at least one week. Uh, Has he earned his salary there at Alabama, would you say?
2: uh i'd say he's in good shape
1: yeah i
2: mean that's pretty amazing what do you think
1: every year every year since I mean, you can't the, you can't argue that, with
2: a guy like him the success is there it's consistent i mean you might not like the guy whatever but he. i mean you just can't you can't say anything but good things about his coaching ability
1: yeah uh, um i mean outstanding uh a legend and uh, I just don't know. But I don't know how much longer he's got. And with that, let's start off with the SEC West. If you want to uh, join us on the show today, a question, comment, you can give us a call. 347-633-9365. We're bound to piss someone off uh, when you do predictions because everyone right now, Amel, thinks their team is going straight to the top. Your Vanderbilt's, your Wake Forest, uh, you know, those folks, can't tell them anything right now. Their team is going straight to the top this year. Um, so, listen, you can join us if you've got a question or comment, or you want to curse us out, 347-633-9365. You can't get to the phone. Oh, we're, as, are we as inviting curse calls anymore? Oh, yeah. Uh, give it. Bring it. Okay. Bring it. My ma- It's Monday. We might as well take them on. You can follow us on Twitter, too, uh, or send us a question or comment there, at Gridiron Studs, at Gridiron Studs. Okay, we're going to do this thing alphabetically, because that's how we've been doing it when you're in the SEC West. We... By law, must start off with A, and that is with the team we just mentioned, Alabama. How do we see Alabama this year, Emil? I think, um, as as hard as this may be for some people to swallow, I think it's going to be status quo there, even though they are breaking in um, a brand new quarterback. That really hasn't mattered over the past few u- uh, years. Lane Kiffin, not the greatest head coach, but the man sure can call plays, uh, makes Average quarterbacks look pretty good, and that's just been the M.O. for Alabama. Um, They've done well with game managers. I'm not exactly sure what whoever wins or is at the controls this year, what kind of quarterback they're going to be. But they tend to play well enough for Alabama to do all the things that they need to do. And um, they've got that tough one in the opener. Uh, as I sit here right now, I think it's a game that they're going to win. And I really only see one loss on that regular season schedule for them. Where exactly, I don't know. I just think at some point maybe they'll lose a game. But I think Alabama's an 11-1 and football team this year. Yeah, I've
2: got them at 10-2. I've got a scheduling issue for Alabama. They, they very well by the end of the year may be the best team. And I, the first game of the year, you know, we'll get into picks next week. I see them winning the game, but I see it one of those games where USC comes out all full of piss and vinegar. And, you know, for a half, two-and-a-half quarters, it's a very good game. Where I think Alabama will win that game is I think their big imposing offensive line will eventually wear down USC's young defensive line, and they'll rip off some long runs. And, you know, in the late third, early fourth quarter, they'll seize control of that game. Um, We'll get to scores and all that stuff some other time. But here's where I see the problem for Alabama. They get by that, they play Western Kentucky. They've got at Ole Miss – They've got a game at Arkansas. The next week, they go at Tennessee. They're home with A&M, and then they go at LSU. I mean, listen, I know they're Alabama. I understand what they, they've done.
0: What they done. It's what they do, man, in Tuscaloosa. They uh, handle that.
2: Uh, they, and they're going to handle it. 10-2 is handling it, but I see two losses somewhere this year. I just really do. I don't know why. Um, you know, I just the way I feel about them. Now, 10-2, the, and two, we'll see where that puts them when we get done with this whole division and conference but but that's what i see for alabama
1: yeah uh not a problem i've got 11 and one you've got 10 and 2 let's talk about arkansas uh replacing a quarterback replacing a, a, a big a big time running back um and and just they've been an average team over the last few years i kind of think like like alabama going to be status quo for for arkansas they can win the games they're supposed to win, but when they head up against the real tough team, uh, maybe they can make a good showing, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't seem they have enough to win, it. And I think that's going to be the story for them this year. Uh, I have them at 7-5. and five. You know, We're going to see how much not having that quarterback um, is, is going to hurt them. I thought he was an underrated player last year. Uh, the schedule... Uh, having that TCU in there is an eye-opener. But Louisiana Tech and Texas State are you know games that they can handle. They've got an all-corn state in the middle of the schedule there. You can go off about SEC doing that kind of stuff. I'm not in love with it. Uh, but outside of that, not they've got a lot of home games. They've got a five-game stretch at home. They're at Auburn. They're at Mississippi State. They're at Missouri in the conference. The schedule favorable. So I give them back the game they might have lost for losing that quarterback, and I got them at, I got them at seven and five.
2: Uh, let's see here. I've got them exactly the same way, and I think where they, where they do themselves a little bit of a favor is they, they got every game that I would consider an extremely tough game, other than that out of conference with TCU, they got it at home or on a neutral field. They're playing A&M on a neutral field. They're, they're home with Bama, home with Mississippi, home with Florida, home with LSU. Now, does that mean they're going to win all those games? Hell no. But it gives them a shot to win one or two of them. So I've got them at seven and five. I think the schedule makers have, you know, as much as they can like you putting all those teams on your schedule. That's the conference you're in. What are you going to do? But at least you're at home right. for all. Of
1: them. Sure, uh, definitely. Let's slide on over to Auburn. Uh, I think this is Gus Malzahn's last year uh, since winning that, uh, since being in that national championship game. Let me not say winning since that good showing in the national championship game against Florida State. Things have slid backwards for him, and I just don't see the meter going up. I see it going down as opposed to going up. I think people have caught up with what it is Gus Malzahn does offensively. Um, They've not been able to get it done defensively the last couple of years, and I see that continuing. schedule's not kind. They're opening up with Clemson. They've got back-to-back in their first four weeks against Texas A&M and LSU, albeit at home, but still a tough back-to-back um they're at Ole Miss who I think is going to be good this year they're at Georgia later in the year when I think Georgia is going to be better and then you're at Alabama so I think it's a tough road to hoe I think somewhere in there there's a mental breakdown and it kind of leads to a five and seven season for Auburn call me crazy five and seven six and six somewhere around it but I'm going to go with five and seven I'm going to shock people with that but that's what I got wow, we got
2: football. a we got a boring show going today don't we um I have them exactly the same way I mean I think that Early on, you know, I don't see them. Even though they may play well for a half, I just don't see them st- hanging with Clemson. And even though they're home, you know, A and M, LSU, that that's a lot to ask. And then the back end of the schedule is just brutal with those road games you mentioned. So I'm I'm with you on Auburn at five and seven.
1: Yeah, uh, not feeling it at all. I'm going to be interested in your thoughts on this next one. Everyone is uh, really all on the LSU bandwagon. Uh, they have talent. That's what I keep hearing. They always have talent. LSU always has talent. For all that talent, like I said in the opener, uh, they were five minutes away from letting go of the coach, and now suddenly we think this same coach that they were about to fire, they were all ready to fire and bring in Jimbo Fisher. I don't know if people know that. Um uh, all of a sudden, he's going to lead them to the college football playoff and and uh, somehow a championship. I'm not seeing it, Amel. Um, they've got they've got some issues there um, in terms of offensively. For some reason, they tend to come up short in uh, some of those games, and um, I, I'm I'm not seeing all that for LSU. They're starting the season off at Wisconsin. Uh, in a really, it's at Wisconsin when you're going to Lambeau Field. Um, should be a partisan Wisconsin crowd there. You're at Florida. Who I think will be better than what people expect. They've got a tough game against Ole Miss. Uh, then they've got Alabama. Then they end the year at Texas A&M. Anyway, I'm seeing an eight and four LSU football team. How do you see them?
2: I see them at nine and three. But but I'm with you. I think I think they're going to get some fool's gold early in the year because they're not going to be tested. The Wisconsin game, I understand it's at Lambeau, but I expect them to handle their business against Wisconsin. Wisconsin will try to play that game in a phone booth which is kind of ironically the way LSU likes to play. So I think, you know, they're going to walk out of the phone booth, okay? And then they play Jacksonville State, Mississippi State, Auburn, Missouri. I think that has them 5-0 and and heading to Florida. And I see that's where the party ends. Uh, they're going to be very one-dimensional, like, like his teams are. I think Florida will figure out a way to shut down or at least, you know, stymie that running game. And uh, from there on the road, I think they lose. Then they go home against Ole Miss, home with Alabama. There's definitely, to me, a split there. I, I just, Even though there's two weeks off, I just don't see them winning those two games with the type of offense they play back-to-back. And as you point out, they're at A&M to end the year. And don't forget, at Arkansas, it's a big rivalry game. So for me, it's a 9-3 and football team. I have all three losses coming in the division, or in the conference, I should say. Um, so I don't see them winning the West this year.
1: Yeah, uh, I think we're pretty close on that. Mississippi State, listen, if any of you have been paying attention to the NFL preseason, and yes, I get that. It's preseason. You understand just how good of a quarterback Dak Prescott is. You and I um, kind of tried to bring that to people's attention when we started getting around a draft time um and you know i know you're happy that he's a dallas cowboy even though he's not going to be your starter this year but you know you can know that if please um, tell the audience though i was high on him before he played i wasn't like all oh yeah, I no, I like this isn't now this isn't a just uh for amel it's not something where this guy's performed in preseason and he's on the bandwagon uh he's he's been on this i've been on it i thought he was extremely underrated um and it's he's kind of showing himself here so at least if you're a cowboys fan if Tony Romo decides to break a rib or a clavicle or his right arm or anything else on his body, then you can still win some football games, unlike in years past. You know what he has um,
2: with I've... Trent Dilfer, he calls it. And we'll give credit where it's due. He has that dude. He walks into the room yeah. and into the huddle. He's that dude. You just watch him. And NFL scouts, they, they all want to go and start running guys around in shorts and they have the underwear Olympics. You tell me a guy produced at a 1AA school, you tell me another guy was four years in the SEC. I'm almost always, not always, but almost always going to take the guy from the SEC
1: or the, yeah, Big listen, 10 or the Pac-12. I, I, I like extended histories of success out of quarterbacks in college. I don't want a one-year wonder. I don't want a guy who did well for a year and a half or played quarterback for a year and a half. Give me a guy that started three years. Give me a guy that, you know, played very well as a sophomore, came back as a junior, and everyone knew who he was and what he could do, and he still performed, and then came back his senior year and performed again. That guy right there has value to me in the uh, NFL, and that's Dak Prescott. So I'm saying that to say he's no longer at Mississippi State. That's going to be a problem. Um, and and when you throw into the schedule for Mississippi State at LSU, uh, at BYU, just I, I mean, they don't play – the church, or some crazy school in the middle of the schedule. It's BYU. They they do throw Stanford in there down the road, but that BYU in the middle is going to be a Stanford, bit of a problem. not
2: Stanford. Samford. Sam. And S- 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 S-
1: Sam. Sam. You know,
2: yes. A yeah. very,
1: a, another very educational school that doesn't have a So cut to the chase. Are you like
2: me? I'm feeling five wins here for I'm Mississippi six and six. State. I'm
1: six and you six. You guys see I'm, I'm, so feeling, five. Yeah,
2: I'm yeah. feeling five. Yeah, I'm feeling five because I'm feeling that the Dak Prescott pulled out some games for them over the years that they He's haven't everything. fully appreciated. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he was everything. So let's talk about the other team in the state of Mississippi. That is Ole Miss. Uh, There were a lot of expectations for this football team last year, and they started off gangbusters, a really big deal, when they took out Alabama and everyone put them on the road to success, and they fell short of that. I think they've got another good year coming. They're returning Chad Kelly. Yes, Laquan Treadwell is gone, but me personally, having seen this team in person, they've got an impressive wide receiver core, even with Treadwell out of the way. So I think Ole Miss is in position to have another good season uh whether or not it's going to be what the folks down there in uh, Oxford think it'll be that, you know, I'm not I'm not sure it's going to be that, but I think 9 and 3 and um you know, they may be the second place team in the west this year.
2: I've got them at 9 and 3 and finishing second in the west. I'm going to give them a loss early against uh Florida State and then they have those back-to-back games at home early with Alabama and Georgia. If they can an LSU in October, but the back end of the schedule for them very friendly very very friendly so if they can get through october you know st- you know with say a couple losses they could very well finish 10 and 2 but i'm going to go 9 and 3 put them second in the west with only two losses in the conference
1: Final team in the West is Texas A&M as we go through this thing alphabetically. Listen, you and I, I think, are Kevin Sumlin fans, but he's having his issues there in Texas A&M, and there's some things coming to light that are a little bit of a problem, and I think that little bit of a sideshow is going to be an issue for them. they still got to figure out what the deal is going to be at quarterback. and There's something wrong there with the quarterbacks leaving and going in and out there at Texas A&M that just makes me a little bit leery um a&m's got their issues right now and the schedule's not kind you're starting off with ucla you've got tennessee and alabama back to back you're taking on Ole miss you're ending the season with lsu i just think there's enough pitfalls there for this texas a&m team that's going to trip them up i have them at seven and five uh what do you have them at
2: I have them the same way, but see, I have them winning that first game. I have a feeling home field will be huge for them, and they play a couple patsies before they really get into the October eighth. Is to me where if they can get by UCLA, they very well could be home with Tennessee at five and zero. I don't know if they can win that game, and then they play Alabama two weeks later. Then they bring in New Mexico State, and but then they have you know LSU at the end of the year, and somewhere they'll lose a game they shouldn't lose. So yeah, I've got them seven and five just because I don't know. What's going on there? I don't get a feel for where that program's headed. Uh, guys are transferring out at quarterback every other minute. I, 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 they should have a good defense. They have some there. guys, some, some, yeah, something's something not right. Yeah, something's not right because they have talent. I mean, there's no doubt in the world, in my mind, that if they could put it together, you know, th- this this program has some talent. But something's just not right there.
1: Yeah, uh, I will agree with you on that. So that's your. So you got? We Tennessee. both got
2: Alabama winning the West
1: at ten and two. Yeah, no shocker there. I just you got you them at 11 and third. one. I got them at 10 and two. So yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Ole Miss, we both have second. Um, and uh, I think I think you know, even though you have them at the same record, you've got Ole Miss third, which is where I have Ole Miss. But I got them. At, I got them at eight and four. And. Um, man, amazingly enough, we're calling Auburn the bottom feeder in this conference this year, old uh, Auburn or, or Mississippi State, which is strange considering where things were three, four years ago. All right, we're going to take a break. It's, when we get back, it's time to do the East. Who's going to meet Alabama in that SEC championship game? We'll talk about that when we get back right after this.
0: Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 seven seven team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, you do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your T-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t can get it onto your T-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, Supplies Pearl, all one word.com or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-857-85-PAPER paper t Go there now! Are you a property owner or want to be one but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process? for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. We're back on
1: a football Monday. Every day is football day here on the Gridiron Stud show. But it's Monday. We're talking SEC. We just completed the SEC West. Time to roll over to the SEC East as we try to uh, bust out these predictions. Amel, we're doing this alphabetically, which means we've got to start off with Florida. We've got to start off with the Florida Gators. How about that? Um, who is you the idiot first? who I'll came up second. with this alphabetical thing? So I'm, uh, some, some accountant that's uh, a member of this show. But there you go. No savior. Florida is up right now. What do you got? Well, can I start? You can't be objective here, can you?
0: Can I be objective? Yes. And that's all I am.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: I
0: tell the truth L- with hey, an
2: I I'm seeing big things for the Gators this year. I like the way the schedule sets up early. I like the fact that they can break in this new quarterback, who a lot of people seem to be high on, and that's really been the the bugaboo at Florida, if any, other than injuries, where they had an inordinate amount of defensive injuries. At least two years ago, they sure did. Um, the quarterback position seems like they they think they found one, you know, and I'm going to let you expound on that when we get to when you what you say. But I say the first three games: UMass, Kentucky, North Texas. Beautiful. We break the kid in. We go to Tennessee. That's a test. Vanderbilt, eh. home with LSU, home with Missouri. Uh, you know, the neutral game with Georgia at Arkansas. These are winnable games. South Carolina, Presbyter- Presbyterian. Are they playing a church again? And it isn't BYU. Presbyterian.
0: Who the hell puts Presbyterian
2: listen. on the University of Florida schedule? Can you get the AD on our show? And then finally, my friend, at Florida I, State, I've
1: got a. I, look, I love my son, so I'm gonna go to these games. But that Presbyterian one, um, I don't drink, but I might get drunk to go take that ride up there for that one. I just can't believe. In you the should bring me and my wife to
2: that game with you and your wife, because I will make you drinks with bourbon, you've, which I love.
1: You've, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me with that. You've got to be kidding me. But I, I don't know who to blame. On. But it is, it is, it is what it is. Good grief. Anyway.
2: Um, I, Long and short, there's a loss obviously on here, but I see this as a very manageable schedule. I love the coach at Florida. I love what he's doing. Uh, if the quarterback can give them any semblance of a consistent passing game, they're dangerous. I've got Florida at 11 and 1. Yes, I'm going to put a lot of pressure on your Gators.
1: Yeah, there's you know there's going to be uh, there's going to be a tax of homerism here with this um, as I go through on this Florida thing. Uh, they had some they had some close victories last year, which ordinarily would have me tell you, well, you know, you just you, you caught a little luck the year before. It's probably going to roll in the other direction for you. The Kentucky game and the Vanderbilt game comes to mind when I think about that. And then you finish the year in limping fashion. You don't really bring a whole bunch of momentum going into the next year. But here's where that is negated. It was clear to everyone who saw Florida in the second half of the season what the problem was, and that was the quarterback position. They couldn't get much out of Trayon Harris a little bit of I don't even want to say it was an experiment um, he ended up being the guy after Will Greer uh, you know made a bad purchase at GNC and he's since gone so um, that was your biggest issue it was the it really it was the it was the issue you just couldn't get things going um, it's the reason uh, the big reason why you lost the Florida State game it's the reason you really couldn't get things going against Alabama and I think by the time you got to the to the bowl game, you're just like, whatever. That's not going to be the case this year. Um, By default, they're just going to be better at the quarterback position. And I have happened to see Luke Del Rio play, very good decision maker, throws a very good ball, very accurate. All of the things they didn't have at that position last year. On top of that, you've got a mature running game that features not only power, but power and speed. Um, you've got Cronkite, you've got Scarlett, you've got the kid Thompson that they've brought in who's a 250-pound running back that has speed. Um, they're going to be what they've always been on defense, relentless pass rush, great in the secondary, and they've got an absolute man in the middle at, uh, in Jared Davis. So I think they're going to be a very strong football team, and like you said, the schedule sets up quite nice. Um, you've got you, – you already talked about it, but they've got nothing ahead of that Tennessee game, nothing after it, so they could fully focus on that. I think the SEC East comes down to that game. Nothing uh, before and after LSU. They need super revenge against LSU. And then after that, well, what do you have? You're on the road at Florida State at the end. So I'm seeing 10-2 and two for them. It could be 11-1. and one. It really comes down to the Tennessee game. They beat Tennessee 11-1, and one, lose to Tennessee 10-2. and two. That's how I see it. That's it. That's it for me. What do you think about Georgia? Who's next?
2: uh, Georgia is an interesting club this year. They break in a new coach and a new quarterback at the same time, and usually that's a formula for some struggles along the way. Um, I think Kirby Smart will eventually be fine there. Uh, They're not doing themselves any favors in that opener versus North Carolina. Then at the end of September, a road test at at Ole Miss, coupled by a one-week, not a two-week break, and they play home against Tennessee, Uh, You know, there's just the back end of the schedule is favorable other than the Florida game. But for me, I see them as a a three loss team in the conference, nine and three. You know, I think they'll have a good year, solid year, but I just, I, I, you know, I just can't see them competing for the, the, the East title.
1: Yeah, and some folks have them there with that because they really like Kirby Smart, as I do too. But the truth of the matter is you're a brand-new head coach. I know you've been a defensive coordinator for all this time, but it's a different story when you're a head coach. So you're a brand-new head coach. Then you've are a brand. Then you got a brand-new quarterback, recipe for disaster, especially when early on you've got North Carolina, then you're at Ole Miss, then you've got Tennessee. Tough road for you to hold there. I see them with four losses you know, on their schedule this year. So I've got them at eight and four. Uh, not quite the championship team, but you know, obviously Kirby Smart's going to be a good coach there, and and Georgia Georgia, but it is not going to be this year. Not going to burst on the scene like that. Kentucky, not going to talk long about them. I have them at six and six. It's just going to be the you know the status quo for Kentucky. Well, did you? How, who's this guy they're
2: playing on November nineteenth? Do you know him, Austin P? Who is he? I, mean, <laughs> I thought we're, this is a team sport. Austin Don't you Peay- play teams? P P E A Y. He some guy shows up and they do you get to play a guy by themselves?
1: The SEC That's weird. decided that the conference is tough enough we could throw that one in there. I mean,
2: Austin, it is what it is.
1: Then they <laughs> Then they finish with Louisville.
2: Uh <laughs> this is a yeah, could be a five win year, but they've been doing a little better down there so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll give them a sixth win at Kentucky. I don't have much to say about that program
1: right now. Yeah, so you've got them at six and six. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. yes. All right. Well, you're you know you like Kentucky, Missouri, uh, um, four and eight. I've got for Missouri. This thing has turned all the way sideways. They're going to be breaking in a brand new coach this year. There wasn't much to be excited about at Missouri, especially towards the end of the year. Uh, brand new coaches got got some work to do there, and I'm just really not lathered up about Missouri football this year. I think they've got eight losses on that schedule, so four and eight for them.
2: Yeah, the first game, the first game is a you know probably a tough loss against the Big 12 team, and there's just it's littered with 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 SEC teams back to back LSU, Florida. Yeah, that, I've got Missouri actually with yeah, I I debated calling them a three and nine team, but I gave them a fourth win somewhere. Uh, against Middle Tennessee or Eastern Michigan or one of those powers, so I've got them at
1: uh, four and eight as well. Yeah, uh, South Carolina. I think this is going to be a surprise for some people. I think if you went around and asked uh, outside of South Carolina what they think South, you know, the Gamecocks are going to be this year, I think you'd get a bunch of six and six, five, five and seven, but. Um, Listen, I I think this is a motivated club. I think they've got a dynamic quarterback in there. Yes, it's a a new one they've got to break in, but this kid's dynamic. Um, I think they're a little bit underrated. I think they'll play very well on defense, which is the hallmark of Will Muschamp uh, football teams. And then the schedule's not overbearing, yes, uh, they've got Florida and Clemson at the end of the year, but uh, on the road this year, outside of that, nothing uh, too dicey for them, so I think they've got a seven and five season in them. What do you think? This is
2: boring. I had them at seven and five, and that is a surprise. Uh, here's where the schedule isn't doing them a favor. it's not that there's a powerhouse on the schedule, but when you open early, I'm talking about when you open up on the road to start the game in a conference to start the season in a conference game, that's tough even though it's Vanderbilt it's a road game then you're at Mississippi State another conference road game then you then you have a conference road game to end September against Kentucky uh that said you know if they can come out of that 2 and 2 yeah i, I have them at 7 and 5 i think they're going to surprise some people they'll play good defense they'll upset somebody this year that they shouldn't you know beat maybe they clip georgia at home that's always been a wild game when they the last 10 years, and they've played Georgia, so who knows? But, yeah, I've got them as a 7-5 and five team, better than many people expect.
1: Um, yeah, I think we see that eye-to-eye. Eye. I'm going to call it audible here, Emil, just simply because I don't want to end the SEC East with Vanderbilt. So I'm going to take them on right now. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Um, they're very academic, great school academically. Uh, but we're talking football here, and they just – don't have it. What Vanderbilt will do is play tough defensively. They'll control the ball offensively. You won't get all the possessions that you want. So if you're trying to light them up for 40 points, it's going to be hard for you to do because they're just not going to give you enough opportunities to do that. So they'll have some close scores. Truth of the matter is, though, Vanderbilt just doesn't have what they need to win games like that. I have them at 4-8. I have
2: them with three wins. Uh, like uh, everything – I did. ditto everything you say, but even the game at Western Kentucky could be a loss – uh, at Georgia Tech. So what I'm saying, they're they're out of conference games. There's no real gimmies in there. I mean, I guess they're home with Middle Tennessee, so I'll give them a win there and a win against Tennessee State. But they, they could literally go, you know, one and seven in the conference. So I have them with three wins.
0: Yep, so we're going to end this thing
1: with Tennessee, and it all comes down, in my opinion, and it seems yours as well, Tennessee and Florida. What happens on September 24th? is really just going to be everything. Uh, lose to Florida, you're probably a 10-2 football team. Beat Florida, and I think you're an 11-1 and football team. The problem for Tennessee is, first of all, do you trust them? Because they've been called this the winners of the East, I think, for the last three or four years now. They haven't been able to accomplish that. They'll stub their toes somewhere. They have a very good football team this year. But the problem is, They've got a four-game gauntlet that's uh, going to be a little bit of an issue for them. They're Florida, then they're at Georgia, then they're at Texas A&M, then they've got Alabama, big bad Alabama. And um, I, do, I just don't know mentally if Tennessee can get through that. If they get through that, AML with one loss, then they're going to they're gonna fly through the end of that schedule and then they're in the SEC championship game. Here's what I see Alpha. Tennessee
2: as. I see Tennessee at the end of the season as what ends up being a very – Overrated ten and two football team. Uh, they, I think they get three relative cream puffs to start the year. Virginia Tech isn't quite what they've been in the past ten years. Uh, mm-hmm. Lately, they've been on some you know lean, leaner times, uh, and then they have Appalachian State, Ohio. So they start off three and zero, and then they finish with South Carolina, Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. We've talked about them. So there's eight for me. That's eight wins before they even. If they lose one of those games, they should be ashamed. So they have that gauntlet mm-hmm. you talk about, and I think they do what Tennessee's been doing recently. You know, <laughs> at least in the last ten years, they, I think they go two and two between the games with Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Alabama. And I, de- I think they lose the Florida game. That's that's one mm-hmm. of the two losses. I think they finish ten and two. And I've got Florida, as I said, eleven and one. So, I I mean I if, if I'm not great at math sometimes, but in my head, I, I mean I guess that's would say I'm call I'm calling Florida the East champs.
1: It looks like that's what you are calling. There's a there's something that could happen, Emil. Uh we can admit that that is a tough gauntlet. Florida, Georgia, Texas, and M Alabama. Uh let's say they come out of that thing uh 3 and 1. Um, Mm -hmm. which means you've got a loss in a conference and you're just so exhausted or over-elated by getting through that stretch. Then you go to South Carolina and don't have your head on straight and you take a second loss in the conference. And let's say Florida loses a Tennessee game, but their only other loss, let's say, is to Florida State, which is not in conference. And though uh, they both have the equal record in the conference, Florida has the better record and Florida goes through to the SEC Um, championship game, so that could very well happen, but I just really think that if this doesn't happen this year for Tennessee, you can't, you folks in the media, everyone out there, you just can't say Tennessee again until they actually do it, I just think they have as good a team as they've ever had, this is it for Butch Jones, they're all in, all the chips in, so I say Tennessee figures out a way to get it done, I've got Tennessee versus Alabama. And don't
2: forget, you, you talk about that gauntlet, but that that SEC as far as the SEC goes, that's a very manageable schedule. Because like I like I highlighted, three at the beginning and five at the end should should be wins. So so you, yeah, you have four tough games, but I mean seriously, you know you win three of them, you're in a you should be an 11 one football team. But I don't have them at that. Yeah.
1: So you, are you yeah, calling so, them the SEC East champs or aren't you? What I'm are you calling them? the SEC. am calling them the SEC East champ. I say they take on Alabama. Alabama does what they did last year and and win the SEC. That's what I got. Alabama winning the SEC. Well, here's what I have. I have
2: Alabama. You know, as I recalled last year, didn't they play Florida in that game?
1: Yes. You're calling for and reaction. wasn't
2: it a hell of a lot closer than that final score looked? Because Florida couldn't move the ball forward, and basically their defense it, really... You
1: know, it was for two and a half, three quarters, but yes. uh, just like in the uh, game against Florida State, the defense just was like, all right, it doesn't look like we're well, getting guess any what? help here today. It's going to be different this year. So you're calling we'll the Florida SEC. A bit. All right, well, that's going to make this whole playoff thing... Uh, very interesting, but before we do that, we do need to cl- include Rudy's team. It's Notre Dame. Emil, here's what I got on Notre Dame. I've got Notre Dame as an 11 and 1 football team this year. Um, they were very good last year. I like their quarterback, um, and and you know what? They've been getting they've been climbing that ladder there over the last few years, and um, the Texas game, one I think they could win. The Michigan State game gets a little bit hairy. But then after that, man, they've got a whole bunch of home games, my friend. And it's Duke and it's Syracuse. And then you go to at NC State, very winnable game. The Stanford game, we've, uh, we've, all, we've both figured out that they're going to retreat a little bit. You've got Miami, who I, just, I don't think Miami's ready to beat Notre Dame yet. Navy, Army, Virginia Tech. And then at USC, I've got Notre Dame as an 11-1 and football team. So I can't wait to get to our playoff predictions.
2: Uh, I, as well, have them 11 on mainly on, mainly on scheduling. Um, I think the Michigan State game being home helps them, as well as the Stanford game being home. Uh, you know, so be, let's put it this way. They, to me, their schedule is this. Texas on the road, because they're Texas, I'll give them a little bit of deference, but I see them handling that fairly easily. Uh, Michigan State home, Stanford home, USC away. There's a loss somewhere there. I don't know where. But there's a loss, but that there's one loss. That's all
1: I see. Yep. Oh, well, that's that's how that goes. So we need to put four teams in this thing, and I think um, we've got another. I think we got another year where the Big Twelve is going to be mighty mighty upset. Because uh, in my scenario, if Alabama goes eleven and one and wins the SEC, they're in. I think we all know that. I think the Big Ten has really upped their profile. If you the winner out of that thing. Uh, it's got to be in the playoffs, and when you're talking about Urban Meyer, who I predict is going to win the Big Ten, you got to have them in there. Um, Clemson and Florida State have been the darlings of the ACC and of um, college football fans and writers and all that over the last few years. Uh, the winner out of that conference, um, I'm predicting, would have one loss. Uh, I think that's going to be Clemson, so they're in. So now we're, we're down to Oklahoma, who's, um, you know, I think is going to win the Big 12, and then Notre Dame. And you and I know throughout history, it doesn't take much to fall in love with Notre Wait, Dame. Time and out. Trying to get them. Time out. You are.
2: How about the Pac-12 a little annoyed as well. I agree with you, by the way. I think I think the Pac-12 and Big 12 are both going to get let out left out this year, but for way different reasons. I think. The Pac-12 is going to get le- left out because it's going to be – They're just going to have conference. too many losses.
1: Their champ's going to have yes. too many losses. Too tough. Yeah, I think there's going to we be five teams the at the end
2: of the year ranked in the Pac-12, yeah. but I don't think high okay. enough.
1: I agree. No. They're going to have the losses to. They're going to have enough losses to where their argument's taken away from them. What's going to happen with I think Oklahoma or the Big Twelve champ is they're going to have that one loss and they're going to be like, "Why are we out of this thing?" And they're just going to say, "Well, Notre Dame gold helmets. That's why Rudy's team." So I got Notre well, Dame sliding. Can in. I
2: say I think I think your conference stinks? Am I allowed to say that?
1: Big Twelve. I mean, you can tell them whatever uh-huh. you want. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I mean,
2: that's a seven. So, to me, that's a seven. I watch a Big Twelve, and every year, as we get into it, I start complaining. It's a seven-on-seven seven league when I start watching those games.
1: So, what are we doing? Are we? Uh, we've got our four teams. Are, are we picking a championship game and who we think is going to win this thing?
2: Well, okay, you have. what we're doing. Seed your teams. Give me your seeding. Give me your seeding with your four.
1: My seeding is going to be Alabama number one, since that's where okay. we have them now, and if they can get to the end, I'm going to have. Uh Ohio State is number two. Okay. I'm gonna have Clemson as number three, Notre Dame is number four.
2: Okay, so now your first two games, you got Alabama playing Notre Dame. Who uh-huh. do you have winning?
1: I've got Notre Dame winning that football game. I've got the goal helmet you. beating Alabama. Okay, you got Notre Dame
2: game. over Alabama and then
1: in the other yeah. game you've got Ohio State. Who are you playing again? Ohio State's playing Clemson. who? Ohio State. Clemson. Ohio State is taking on Clemson, and and uh, you know what? I've got Ohio State. I've got Ohio State in probably one of the best games we've ever had in the college football playoffs. I just think it's okay. going to be back and forth, and uh, Clemson just makes enough mistakes defensively that Ohio State prevails.
2: Okay, and then you got the championship game. You've got two traditional blue blood of college football programs, Ohio State playing Notre Dame, and you have
1: who, Matt? Yes. We've got Notre Dame taking on Ohio State. We have the school Urban Meyer is currently at versus the school that everyone thought he, or think he's going to eventually end up at. And in uh, all of the grand fistfight of all things, I've got Urban raising the, raising the trophy for the second time. Wow. It might make Nick stay a little bit longer. So I've got Ohio State. Okay, well this is crazy. Yeah.
2: Here's my seeding. I actually have that game coming off because I have Ohio State as the one seed. I've got okay. Clemson as the two seed. I've got the Florida Gators as beating Alabama being the three seed out of the SEC. And I've got Amazing. Notre Dame as the four I've got Notre Dame as the four seed. So okay. in my first game I've got Ohio State playing Notre Dame and defeating them, getting to the championship mm-hmm. game. And then I've got Florida upsetting Clemson. I've got. I've got You're them out of your dogg- mind, friend. I'm not. I've got them dogging Deshaun Watson all day, upsetting Clemson and getting to the national championship game where they meet Ohio State and their season ends in a loss to a Big Ten team as it did last year against Michigan. And I've got Ohio, think Ohio of all State all also the storylines.
1: Think of all the storylines if uh, Ohio State and Urban Meyer faces his old school Florida.
2: I, think way, I may have thought I, like I,
1: Chad, I think I may have thought of a few i I want to be a writer someday, yeah, you're a real drama script kind of guy, <laughs> so both <laughs> of us have Ohio State. Listen, I promise you folks, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, we do not talk at all about our predictions and this just continuously happens not only in college football but also in the nfl so after all of that well don't forget now people people forget this
2: we now last year we didn't do it okay but if you recall there was a back-to-back year period where when baltimore beat the 49ers we each picked baltimore to have won the super bowl before the year started and we were correct and then the following year When Seattle defeated Denver, we each had Seattle winning the Super Bowl, and we were correct. Now, we haven't done that for the last couple seasons, but I'm telling you, we do not talk about these before we start
1: at all and it is amazing to me that with uh, you know all the teams in college football all the good teams that they are in college football this year we somehow come up with the same national champ which is Ohio State uh, we don't have the same game I've got OSU over in Notre Dame you've got them over Florida um you're real high on the Gators this year I am but you're even higher than I am on the Florida Gators so Ohio State that's who that's that's who's winning it all this year because you know we're, we're so don't Florida. even watch <laughs> Just start looking at the yeah. basketball. Mail it You're all in. Start thinking about 2017 <laughs> season. All right, we already did 2016. You guys are behind. All right, but we've come to the end of uh, another great edition of the Grid Iron Studs Show. We start getting on the NFL next. We'll be doing that on Friday. So. Um, all of you diehard NFL fans will either be building you up or crushing your hopes because, like I said, Amel, everyone thinks their team is going to be the Super Bowl champ at this time of the year. Not going to be the case. We're going to tell you who well, the Super Bowl Well, I have to tell you, as a fan,
2: Chad, as a fan, I love when clowns like us pick against my team. So,
1: Well, there you go. I guess that's a setup for something. But uh, stay tuned for announcements on Twitter as to whether or not we'll be having shows uh, in between then, me personally Amo rejoins me on Friday So we're definitely back on on Friday at 10am And we're, no Can't do Friday my friend So we'll have to talk about that Thursday we'll, we'll talk be back about that. on Amo and I will be back on on Thursday So just a little programming note But thank you for listening today Thank you for making us a featured show On blogtalkradio.com For Amo Calamino I'm Chad Wilson Thanks for listening to the Great Iron Stud Show Enjoy the rest of your day well